Welcome. You're listening to the Salesforce Marketing Cloud podcast for the UK financial services community. Our aim is to let you know what's happening, when it's happening, and how you can get involved. We'll keep it short and in downloadable form so you can listen wherever you are. Hit subscribe to get notifications of new episodes, news, and announcements. I'm Miles. And I'm Joe. And we work at Salesforce in the UK. As ever, any views here expressed are our own. That's right. Don't base any purchasing decisions based on what we say. Just sit back, enjoy and learn. So what are we talking about this week, Joe? This week, Miles, we're catching up with Merkel. They're a leading data-driven customer experience management company who specialise in the delivery of unique, personalised customer experiences across technology, platforms and devices. As part of Dentsu, Merkel are certified as a platinum consultancy partner for Salesforce meaning that they're well equipped to help customers get the most out of their Salesforce marketing cloud investments and transform their customer engagement. Really, really good to have Merkel here today. Thanks so much for joining us, gents. Um, I know you've got some flagship client transformations under your belt on marketing cloud, and I am delighted to say that we've got Matt Heffer and John Bennett from Merkel with us. So welcome. They're going to talk us through some of their recent customer transformations, specifically around uh, the, the latest on customer data platforms. So again, welcome, John. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Miles. Thank you, Joanna. Great to be here and uh, certainly an interesting time in the industry, I think, for for this sort of conversation. So looking forward to it today. So thank you for having us. Um, I am John Bennett or JB, um, as most people know me as. Uh, I'm a VP of Amir here focused on Salesforce and the uh, Salesforce business um, across Amir working with uh, Matt. Hi, all. Matt Heffer, so VP Alliance Solutions at Merkle. Um, and what that basically means is that I generally help clients make best use of technology. Um, so help them understand what technology is, how it can be used across the business and how to get value out of it. I, I would say brains and the beauty, but I, uh, I think that would be unfair. I think I think you both take both boxes. So, yeah, again, thank you. <laughs> um, let, let's get straight into it. Yeah, I agree, Miles. John, perhaps you could give us a bit of an intro as to who Merkel are. Merkel's part of uh, Dentsu as an organization, Dentsu being the, the first sort of digitally built network um, for the modern um, industry and modern customer. Uh, Merkel's the sort of technology arm within Dentsu. Um, we were built very much on a media creative and technology stream. And the Merkel part of Dentsu is the, the technology arm, the customer experience management arm. And we've had 32 years of delivering brand experience um, across marketing, sales, commerce, and service. And we're helping brands to sort of make the most of their advertising, making it more addressable, making the experiences very personal. Um, and we're facilitating world-class commerce experiences and trying to help customers drive loyalty in their customers downstream and, and over time when you're trying to drive those brand advocacy. And we're using technology to do that. And Salesforce is a key part of that, that story and that journey. Thanks, John. Great intro to your global organization. And I know that you don't only have strategic partnerships with Salesforce, so it's great to hear how much you value our tech for upholding data strategies to drive meaningful personalization, customer loyalty and brand advocacy across all business sectors. But crucially for our audience, this includes banks, building societies, insurers and, and you know, all FinServe organisations. So how should we get going on this huge topic, Miles? Maybe one of you could start by talking to us about why organisations are, are targeting value out of CDPs. Why is this such an important technology right now? For us, it's very exciting times. It's because we're very much seeing customers and consumers behavior shift at the moment. Um, that, that shift in behavior, uh, how we're seeing customers go to an expectation economy 
should we say, um, and how that sort of selling that we used to do a long time ago was very much in a one-to-one personal experience, um, very much in the, you'd go into the shop and you'd have that one-to-one experience with that individual shopkeeper. We then transitioned to a very much one-to-many where we sent out generic communications to global audiences and tried to inter- entice them in, but it wasn't personal, it was just done at scale. And now what we're seeing now is how do we go back to that one-to-one personal experience in that as that customer expectations changed, how do we drive on scale, global scale, a one-to-one customer journey? And we're seeing that very much changing as we're trying to see that relationship shift, um, should we say, and making it more personal. So I think that's why we're seeing it such an exciting time at the moment. Um, is Matt, anything further to add on that? Yeah, I'd say it's, it's always been frustrating for marketers to actually get access to data. Um, and CDPs now allow marketing departments to actually be able to look at the customer profile, integrate lots of different data sources, and then surface that for the marketing that they want to do. Um, I mean, historically, that had to be a request that was passed down to a marketing, a, a database team, and then had to create that data that they needed in code, whereas now they can just go in and configure that. So it's made it a lot more accessible and enabled them to be a lot more advanced in what they want to do. So, Matt, when you talk about all these different data sources, when we think about a customer data platform, we're talking about something that is for marketers. Is there any benefit to the CDP, to other silos of the organisation? Yeah, definitely. And this is, this is what we're seeing in the industry at the moment and why it's, um, a CDP has been labelled as an enabler for business change, um, because lots of different departments can then use that customer profile to um, either see what the customer's up to from an analytics perspective, or from a marketing point of view, as we've already spoken about, to actually get communications out to customers, even from like a servicing point of view. So a customer service agent or someone in store can actually go in and see what the customer's been doing. Um, are there any, any sort of complaints procedure? Do they need to deal with that customer carefully? They can see the engagement they've had across all the communications that they've been sent. So the services or products that that person's interested in um, that they can then try and upsell them to. So it really is a, a tool that can be used across the business. And it is, it's quite funny the, the times that we talk to clients about CDPs and it's often used as a, like a training tool as well. I was at a client a couple of weeks ago and we ran through the whole marketing tech stack on what each piece of the marketing tech stack did from data management through to analytics, through to orchestration and activation. And that actually left the session quite excited about being able to bring together all of this data from around the business and actually center that around the customer because it just gives them such a, a great view on what's actually happening rather than just what the customer's doing in their own departments. From a, a financial services point of view, um, I'm kind of geeking out because you know the experience that I'm having with my high street bank right now has been really frustrating because I know that the silos of data they've got on me are not connected up. And if I have to go back through the telephone banking system one more time, it genuinely might end me. <laughs> so I really want to be able to speak to someone that can see everything to do with the case that I've raised for something that should have been a digital journey end to end that should have been seamless. But when these go wrong and you do speak to someone, you really want that person to have all of the information at their fingertips and understand contextually the frustration that I'm having with the level of customer service that I'm getting. So it sounds like if they had a customer data platform, then I wouldn't be having to explain everything. They can see it and the information would be surfaced to them in a contextually relevant way. 
I think, Joanna, what we've what we've very nicely done as an organ as technology organisations over the last 10, 15 years is we've created those silos that you're now experiencing in that financial banking world. We created our ad stack environment. We created our commerce stack. We complete. We created our experience technology stack. We created our service and loyalty stack. The problem we have now is how do we transcend across those different stacks? as the journey goes from that first awareness touch point right the way through to brand advocacy and loyalty downstream and how do you have a concise joined up journey and identity resolution is fundamental in all of that as is the sort of data integration parts behind that and if you don't build that and don't start there and you sort of journey towards cdp you will be difficult it will be sort of a difficult process go forward gone of the sort of day where we used to have in my in my time when I was at Salesforce, we were so very much driving CRM as the sort of center of the customer. It's now transitioning to CDP, and CRM is just becoming another channel that CDP is connected to as part of that journey as we sort of transition through the experiences. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's fascinating, and I'm kind of curious to understand what are the kinds of data streams that you would want to put into a CDP, and how easy is it to get that data in there? Yeah, yeah, good question. And and it's, it's often done in like a roadmap form. So you typically try and get your, your customer data in there first, if a company has customer data. It's one of the reasons custom, a uh, client might look at a customer data platform is if they want to get more first-party data. And um, we're seeing that a lot in the market at the moment with CPGs um, going direct to consumer where they want to gather their own information. Um, and then we see bringing product data in, web transactions, if they have it, app interactions, um, any product data that you then want to use to surface in the messages going forward. Um, and then any data that's been used to model analytics or any model scores that have been created in the analytics environment to help inform um, either a next best action or propensity or, or, or churn levels, for example. I'm really interested in getting into the, the outcomes as well. I think, John, you said at the beginning, the, the outcome-based economy. I really like that phrase. Maybe you could talk to us about some of the outcomes that you've managed to deliver for other customers and, and transformations using a CDP. Yeah, no problem, Mars. I think we've if we look at what industries are sort of taking a sort of lead on this at the moment from a CDP point of view, we're seeing CPG organisations going, as Matt mentioned, going direct to consumer, taking a bit of a sort of charge in this space, uh, retail as well, but financial services slowly sort of looking over the fence, thinking they need to catch up and stay with the programme a little bit. Um, if I talk to one of our CPG clients at the moment, we're helping them drive that engagement with their consumer from that first awareness touch point. How do we help them on a browser experience, give them a unified experience on that browser? How do we then drive the right advertising moment at the right time with the next best action, next best offer? How do we then help entice that customer to capture an email address to help and in, in, in to help enhance that first party data asset, to give them that tool to be able to then market to them. They're looking to drive a, a database of in excess of 20 million email first party contacts. And we're trying to sort of help them achieve that. Um, with then sort of further downstream, their objective is to actually have a third of those as repeat regular brand loyalty customers that are coming back and buying. If you start to sort of extrapolate the numbers there just on this one organization, at the scale that we're talking about. And then if you talk about to financial services, these numbers are significantly big. Um, and to be able to do that at scale, to capture the unknown customer, gives them a significant competitive advantage over their other um, 
organizations in their space. So Matt, maybe there's some others you could talk to. Yeah, I know Joe, you mentioned customer service experience um, a minute ago, and that's something we worked with one of our clients on recently. Um, and that was just trying to enable the customer just to try and do as much as possible online um, from a, like an assisted point of view before finding a call center um, to try and solve the problem or, or get the product or service upgrade that they were they were thinking about. Um, and that was really just about joining the data sources together and just making sure that when the customer did go to the website that all the information about that service or product that they have was surfaced to them. Um, so they could then either make the service request upgrade or or remove some services, for example, or take out a new credit card is a good example. Right. Um, and just try and complete that journey online. And that is really helped by a customer data platform. Um, but then if, if a customer does run into to some trouble and they do phone the call center, then if that call center has access to the CDP, um, which is one of the use cases that we typically see on, on most sectors, to be honest, not just FS, then that information is there um, for that call center agent then to take that conversation on further. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm not going to name names, but I know a, a bank that needs that. <laughs> I also think it's really important. I mean, we know um, as people that specialise in marketing, the value of having great customer service. But when you think about our insurance companies, for example, and the fact that their regulations are changing, so new customers don't get preferential pricing anymore. So the notion of price walking um, is going to end so the customer that you have now is the customer you want to keep. And whilst we've always known that because of the cost of onboarding, there's even higher focus on, well, I'll stay with my insurer because the product is good and I get excellent service. Because no one really wants to have to deal with insurance. It's a, you know, it's just a bit of admin that you want to get rid of in life and that doesn't cause you any pain. Actually, if my insurance company were far more transparent so that I knew that when I renewed, it was still a de facto five policy, for example, that I had faith in what I was being offered is a like for like, then, you know, I don't really need to be go shopping around again. But at the moment, I'm, I don't have trust, if I'm honest, as a consumer, that whilst you're going to renew and the price is probably the same as a new customer would get, I'm a little bit reticent when I think about, well, am I still getting the same level of cover that I had previously? So where's the compromise being made? So I just think that if my insurance company had all the details about me and wrote to me in a way that showed they really understood me, then I'm more likely to be loyal and have trust and faith in the products that they're renewing me on. Yeah, and even pay a premium for it because you know that that trust is there. I mean, from, from my point of view, I, I certainly wouldn't mind paying a bit more for a, a better service rather than just Absolutely. getting the cheapest price for something. Exactly. Yeah, and, and the stats say that as well. I mean, we do, we do a report every year, state state marketing reports, and we see almost 90% of customers will pay more for a service that is a, is a premium that differentiates in a better way from competitors. So I think exactly what you're saying there, Joe and Matt, is just knowing your customers, that ability to, to recognize them in real time, in the moment, and to be able to personalize the experience for them that is something that they can monetize and that they can compete on. Um, it leads me to a follow-up question, which is 
CDPs have lots of capabilities. You know, one is what we're talking about there, the ability to bring data together, to, to persist it, to segment on it. But then there's that other side of it, which is personalizing the experience from that data. And I think it's a common question we, I certainly get from customers, which is, okay, so what's the difference between a CDP capability and an activation platform? So the ability to then you activate that data in real time. What's your opinion on that? Should it be on the same platform or, or should this be something that's, you know, a la carte for, for different customers? What's the pitfalls and, and the opportunities there? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, especially when clients have mixed technologies as well. Um, so that, that could, is generally asked all the time. Um, but from my point of view, customer data platforms is where the central customer data profile sits. Um, so that should be exactly, exactly that, where the customer profile is. And you should also create your base audience segmentation there as well. So the, the audiences that are going to be used across all channels, regardless of the content of those audiences. So generally inclusion criteria or exclusion criteria based on what that customer has been doing. Um, and then you use the activation platform, say marketing cloud as an example, to then further segment those audiences um, down to the journeys that you want to deliver and the experiences that you want to deliver for those customers. Um, and that's the same for, for media as well. She'd pass that over to Ad Studio and actually um, define those audiences a little, little bit more detail there as well. Um, and then you've got Interaction Studio, of course, within Marketing Cloud. So it's another place where you can create audiences and segmentation. But again, just, just create the default audiences in the customer data platform and then surface them to the other tools in the um, Salesforce environment. And then use those tools to tweak them or expand them a bit further. An interaction studio point of view generally going to be talking about web and mobile first journeys and um, she's going to have that real-time interaction as a customer um, uses website or that mobile app and then interaction studio is going to then manage that um, process end to end so ISM might actually then pass that information back to the CDP and be an integration point to the CDP um, to further enhance the audiences that are then transfer over to Azure Studio for example for media activation or paid social or something like that. So that's, that's the way we always um, deploy with our customers is to go out that way. So audience segmentation, CDP first, and then once you have activation or platforms that you may have thereafter. I think it's just a really interesting shift. And John said it earlier, which is, you know, we used to see CRM as, as where that customer record persisted, which was typically first party data. And now it's that shift that that's almost becoming a channel. But that's also offering more opportunities to you know, financial services companies or you know whichever industry it may be to say it doesn't matter what CRM I'm using, it doesn't matter what activation channel I'm using. This is where I, I have my customer record and my profile. And the more that you integrate that together, and of course Salesforce has got a really good solution having a unified platform with everything in one place, but it, it doesn't need to be a barrier anymore. Uh, a CDP platform can enable that knowing of your customer and that, that real-time engagement, but it can also help you enrich those investments. Yeah, and that's that's why we're seeing it enable business change because you, you no longer just run customer profile data in a marketing team, for example. You're bringing together marketing, service, sales, and they all have to work together on what the customer's doing and change the measures for those departments as well. So they're not KPI just on what they're doing in marketing, they're KPI'd on the outcome for the customer. Um, and that, that kind of key change on measuring success is actually really good for business change because it, it makes the team shift their focus to a new KPI or a new measure to deliver the outcome. I think you're right, Matt. I mean, we, we're very much sort of heading 
in that sort of customer expectation economy a little bit. So we've got to a point where Uberization of industries is happening all over the place and good enough isn't good enough anymore. You need to excel and the financial services sector need to catch up pretty quickly or new entrants will eat their dinner, right? We've seen it all over the place, whether that's in banking with some of these new startup type Monzo type banks, and we're seeing it surely coming in the insurance sector. Some interesting conversations happening with some of these insurers now as they're building more agile products go to market and delivering that sort of new experience, that new transformation, whether that's coming from a siloed brand rather than the whole business, but that's what we're starting to see at the moment in the industry, insurance sector. So it's certainly an exciting time. It's good to be part of this journey and help organisations on that transformation. In one of our other podcasts, we met with um, Sophie and Stephen, who are our product leads for Salesforce. And one of the things they talked about was the fuzzy matching piece. And I know Sophie particularly was really excited about this. Have you worked with any customers around enabling this feature and, and the value that it brings? Yeah, sure. So again, this is all about um, creating a, a central customer profile and using identity management to be able to create that customer profile. And most of the CDPs in the marketplace um, just do digital ID matching. So matching a Google ID to a CRM ID, for example, or doing some web stitching on sessions. And with Salesforce CDP, we actually enabled, we, we can actually take that a step further and use fuzzy matching to match records together. So that might be matching Joe to Joanne, for example, rather than just doing a straightforward um, Joe to Joe match or looking at names and addresses and dates of birth and then bringing those records together rather than just doing straight ID matching, um, which obviously is really, really useful for brands where um, they have lots of disparate systems, um, all capturing data slightly differently because you're not going to get a perfect scenario where that data all comes in in the same format, in the same lengths, for example. Um, and of course, that data might have been collected over a number of years. So people move house um, and change areas, may even change countries. And then we can use fuzzy matching to try and join all that data together to create that customer profile. So really good feature from Salesforce. Um, we've used it in a couple of clients recently, and it's really enabled them to take it a step further actually um, bring more customer data into the solution to match within Salesforce rather than relying on database systems that we've traditionally used in the past. Brilliant. The all-important magic to get us to that unified customer record. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Great insight. I honestly feel like we could keep going with this all day and there's more that we could cover, but um, I think we should bring it to a close because there's lots of information for people to mull over and have a think about. Um, if you could just um, let us know any um, final bits of tips or advice you would give to anyone that's considering a CDP and um, we'll sign off. Sure. I think the key thing for, for me is just to really think about the use cases that you want to drive with the CDP. Um, we typically start with two, three use cases, but really have a roadmap and a, a good bank of use cases that you want to deploy. And that will enable you to keep traction through initial deployment right the way through to um, seeing value from that CDP. Yeah, I think just sort of further on that point, um, we've certainly seen adaptive organizations outperforming their peers. And I think CDPs an enabler to be an adaptive organization give you focus on things like higher brand awareness in the marketplace. How do you drive increase your customer attention? CSAT massively important and revenue growth. Um, we would always say start small, think big, start small, scale fast. <laughs> Brilliant. <Run. laughs> Cheers. Thanks, yeah. baby. Thanks, Matt. Yeah.
thanks so much for your contribution today um and i think for anyone listening uh, you have been listening to miracle in the uk with john bennett and matt heifer and all that remains is for me to say a final thank you to you both so thank you and i'll hand over to you miles to see us out that's it for today thanks for listening hit subscribe to be notified of new episodes reach out to us on linkedin or email us at podcast uk at salesforce.com if you want to give us feedback or suggest content for new episodes until next time. Thanks for listening.